This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 15. Episode 21. This is Writing Excuses, writing about children. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Mary Robinette. I'm Dan. And we have special guests Shannon and Dean Hale. Hello. Hi, I'm Dean. I'm Shannon. Thanks, you guys, for coming on the podcast with us. Yeah, it's great. Thank you. You're going to tell us how to write about children. Okay, let's do it. (laughs) Um, So this has been surprisingly hard when I've done it. Um, I'm never sure if I'm going too far and it's straying into caricature. Like, I can usually tell for an adult when I've gone too far in a vernacular or a voice or things like this. When you're approaching writing about children, how do you how do you keep away from making it almost always seem silly to me? That makes sense? Right. Like, I'm making fun of them yeah. rather than actually writing like them. It's actually, I've written where I've taken direct trans, directly transcribed what my children have said and tried to put it into a story. And our editors are always like, that's Nobody extreme. would be like that. No one talks like that. <laughs> what are these Come monsters? On. Yeah. So you can't actually, <laughs> actually, I did write in what I thought was a humorous slice of life story about our four-year-old twins. And the editor legitimately thought it was a horror story. Yeah. <laughs> and it was very, the notes were very confused. I was like, why is she saying, why is she reacting? And then finally, she, and she's like, what, referred to it as a house of hell. And I was like, oh, she thought it was a horror story. That's just our everyday. Um, <laughs> but it is, you can't do exactly what kids do. And just like with, but it, it's true with any characters. Dialogue would be really boring if we just transcribed what people actually say. So you have to get the sense that they're a child without hitting the reader over the head, uh, you know, particularly in dialogue. What are some of the markers in dialogue that you find for for believable child language? Is it a, a difference in vocabulary, sentence structure? Cons- like, Yeah, you know, a uh, First of all, I would say children are very observant about things that adults don't care about. So for just what they talk about is going to be different. Mm -hmm. And that can be so much fun. What does this kid, what are they interested in? What would they notice? And there's so there are these non sequiturs that just kind of pop up. And that's it's a great, great thing for humor. I would say also, just like with any character, um, if you want to have the have like grammatical issues for the kid, pick like one or two. And stick with those. Don't hit you know the reader over the head with like weird grammar things constantly, and just have that consistency be that for that character, just like you would for um, for an adult character who might have a certain quirk the way they speak. You don't, you wouldn't do it every single sentence because it gets to be too much. Yeah, when when I was doing the puppet theater, we were often. I mean, the protagonist was always a child, and uh, the one of the things that I found was um, also going into schools a lot was that kids tended to be overly precise sometimes, that they would have learned a rule and that they wouldn't actually have any nuance about how the rule was applied. Which I've was, noticed this with yes. my children. And this is this is absolutely true for almost all kids I've met, that they you tell them something, they want that to be the way the world works, they now understand the world, mm-hmm. and then when you immediately violate it because of, you yeah. know, the wiggle room we give us ourselves, they call you on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when my, he was only like three or four, um, and we'd talked about, you know, certain words that we don't say. And then we just, we went to a Disney movie and they said like one word that was like this. And then later on, my, that kid was describing the movie to my father, his grandpa and said, don't go see that 
movie, uh, Grandpa, it is filthy. <laughs> and it's like a Pixar movie, right? Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually wrote a, a chapter book um, that was based on our twins and really tried to be true to what it felt like to be that age. And my, I sent it to someone who didn't know it was about these twins, and the response was that the character was unlikable, <laughs> and nobody would be interested in this. Child. Your children are unlikable no. and no one is interested in them. And also living in a hell house. Right. Yes. right. But it can be too much. You don't you know, like too much reality nobody wants. So what what do you what why why a child? Why are you writing about a child first of all? What what are they bringing to it? So you focus on those little quirks, those little bits that can just enrich the story. The best part for me about writing from, you know, you know, as a child, because that's kind of where I go, is get into that headspace. It's just looking at the world in a different way, and and it makes the story somehow more interesting. You know, totally. it's mm-hmm. that like that that quote from uh, was it G.K. Chesterton that's about the the dragon and the I can't remember how it goes, but the idea that um, that the quote you're talking about is G.K. Chesterton says that fantasy isn't doesn't tell you. That dragons exist. Fantasy tells you that dragons can be defeated. I think you're thinking of a different. Quote. No, I am. I'm thinking of the the door one. That that, that there's oh, an. Oh um, yes. So, um, a, like a kid of quote. ten <laughs> is interested in reading a story that says Tommy opened a door and saw a dragon. A kid of four is interested to read a story that says Tommy opened a door. Hmm. It's just Everything finding, is still so yeah. new. Mm-hmm. Finding yeah. the wonder in those things that are sort of rote and old is 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 you know for as a writer is awesome. I mean you you're yeah. able to kind of get that reinvigorated and look at something from the other side. Yeah, that's what I did with uh, Zero G, which was the middle grade that I put out. The plot is I, I always pitch it as home alone in space, but really it's die hard in space with a twelve year old. <laughs> and it's it's die hard True. if the John McClane were super interested in how fun it was to jump around in antigravity. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Like that's his focus. He's always either trying to have fun or he's hiding from bad guys because th- those are the cool things that a kid is going to care about in that situation. Yes. So when we were talking about this ahead of time, you mentioned the stakes are yes. really different for children in life, which really struck me. Can you expand upon that? How are stakes different for children? How's that influence writing about them? Children don't have the same um, well life experience, but just they don't have as much in their toolbox. They don't understand how things work. They don't have the confidence. They don't have experience. They don't have a credit card. You know, they don't have. So when they're putting in a situation, it's going to be totally different than if an adult were in it. You can get so much tension by having um, the protagonist be a, a kid as and, and a teen as well. Also, um, even if the main character isn't a child, if you insert a child into a situation, the stakes go through the roof immediately. Oh, we've got to save these people. Yeah, let's do that. Oh, and there's a three-year-old about to fall off the bridge. <laughs> I mean, it we just, did that with, with Squirrel Girl. Yes, like we were like, we, we need more tension here. Let's add a baby. Yes. That's so exactly. she, she's not just saving the day. She's saving a specific baby. And yeah. suddenly it's like, yeah. yes, we need to do this immediately. I was even just watching Adventures in Babysitting last night with our kids. And I was trying to explain to them because I'm a nerdy writer mom that's explaining story to my children in the middle of a movie. <laughs> mom, I, we're watching. I know. But I'm like, do you understand why? Pause. <laughs> I was like, pause. If this was about adults, it wouldn't matter. <laughs> can we watch it now, mom? They've got a credit card. They can just get a new tire. 
But added to the fact that all these things are happening is the fact that they can't let their parents know. And they can't make the most logical, easiest way, choice to get out of this situation because they can't let their parents know. An adult wouldn't have that same situation. Yeah. So the, the stakes are higher, the tension is higher, and then the you know, opportunity for fun. You know, it, it's, it just occurred to me. One of the things that I, I often say is, like when I'm talking about kids, is that what you said, that they just lack experience. But I think of them as, as foreign visitors. Like, you know, when you come, when you go to a foreign country, what you want is someone to explain what the rules are yeah. so that you don't make any social faux pas. And so the, like when I go into, when we would go into schools doing uh, school visits with, with the puppets, the, the mob mentality was the thing you kind of had to fight because they would, like, if one kid did it, everyone would assume that that was the thing you should do. But it occurs to me that teenagers are actually like spies who have come into adult country and don't want anyone to know that they're from the outside, from childland. Yes. And so they're desperately trying to not get caught as still being children. Yes. Oh, teens are, I love writing about teens. And I think a mistake a lot of writers make is they don't want, first of all, they don't want to be annoying. They don't want yeah. their character to be annoying. So they just make them into adults and they say they're 16, but they really just behave like adults. And they're missing so much great story matter there. What is it? Ma what matters to a teenager? What are they going through in their lives that in addition to the science fiction adventure or whatever you're writing, you've also got that element of, and this is a person trying to figure out, navigate that transition from child to adult. That's really interesting. Yeah. I think one of the things that um, that we do as adults, or at least that I do, is tend to believe or to, to minimize the feelings of the kids or minimize the experience mm -hmm, right. to believe. Here they are going through this thing that, you know, I think, oh, that's ridiculous. How is that difficult? But, and, and if I go into it writing that way, it, it rings weird. But the kids are feeling yeah. with the same intensity or more than we would if yeah. we were put in we were plucked out of, you know, our familiar environment and put into an environment where we don't know what the rules are. And, it's and that's stressful. a good point. You have to absolutely, when you're writing about kids or teens, you absolutely have to respect children and teenagers. Yeah. And you can't, it can be hard. It'll come off as false yeah. if you go in thinking, you know, judging them and being like annoyed with them and just wanting to make them older. Mm -hmm. Come in respecting their point of view or it'll be false. Yeah. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's stop for our book of the week. Dean, you're going to tell us about Princess in Black. The Princess in Black is a phenomenal... Phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, yes, it's, it's a, it's a, I'm going to see if I can think of another word that you can say. No, it, uh, what, what, what's, the, what's the type of book that we're calling it? It's like a transitional chapter book about a, a princess Magnolia who is a princess and loves being a princess 
and walks around in pretty dresses. But when the monster alarm rings, she becomes the princess in black and puts on a black costume and goes out and fights evil as a superhero would. And there are many books in the series. Some of there them- are seven so far. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and if wow. gorgeously illustrated by a Lewin fan. How close are we to Easter? We're past Easter because I was going to recommend. There's a Hungry Bunny Horde book. If if you're you know celebrating Lagomorph Liberation Day or some other kind of <laughs> bunny thing, hive great. mine is yeah. it belongs mm-hmm. at every Easter basket. It's true. It's true. <laughs> so the Princess in Black by Shannon and Dean Hale, illustrated by Lagomorph Fam. Something. We- we love these books in oh, my household. Uh, my sons just uh, m- just went straight through the whole series uh, eagerly. So they are Yay. fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. More I, coming. I purposefully did not tell my children that I was hanging out with you guys today because they would have just blown a gasket. So <laughs> I have to tell a quick story. One time I, my son borrowed a bunch of books from a friend and, one, and, a, and several of them were Sanderson books. And we were going out to dinner with the Sandersons. So I brought my son's friend's books with us and he signed them to his, to this guy. And when I, when I returned them, I was like, Hey, just FYI, I saw Brandon Sanderson. And so we just had him sign your books, um, your books to you. And he said, hold on a second. He ran upstairs. He ran back down with all seven Harry Potter books and said, would you like to borrow these? <laughs> <laughs> I'll like, sign them. <laughs> that's not going to happen. But also, I'll say something about Princess in Black in terms of writing about um, children. These kinds of books, there's lots of different ways to write about children. And in some of them, we like get inside the kid's head and show the world how they're seeing it. And, and in other ones, like Princess in Black, it's purely wish fulfillment fun. There are no adults in this world. So we, we are not showing children by comparison to what they're not. We are just having kids in adventures. And so the way they talk and the way they experience things is a very different style than in some of our other books. I want to circle back to this, what you said before about respecting uh, children as you're writing about them. Um, because I find this is a hard line to walk sometimes because some of the things my children do, as we've talked about, you just can't put on the page. Yeah. Um, I, like my children, I think all children are basically sociopaths yes. uh, for, uh, for a large Narcissi- part of their, Narcissi- yeah. Narcissi- <laughs> um, yes. and getting that across, getting across, like, um, I love my 10 year old. He's awesome, but he will not accept that the world is not the way he wants it to be. Yeah. Um, if we say you have to do this, he says, no. And we say, but if you don't, your teacher said this. No, she didn't. <laughs> right? I'm like, no, we have a piece of paper. And he's like, she didn't say that, doesn't say that. And he won't accept it's right there. Like evidence means nothing to my 10-year-old, right? Um, because he says it's not. And so how do you do things like this in a story about children, but also respect them and not act like they're like, there's this fine line between talking down or treating down and also presenting how they are. And that line can be really tough for me sometimes. Yeah, it is a really fine line. Honestly, if we really wrote children exactly as they are in movies and, and in books, nobody would like those characters at all. They and just we, really aren't likable. We love yeah. them in real life, <laughs> yes. but you just can't show The pheromones aren't there. The it parental, drives yeah. you insane. <laughs> so you have to show... The bits, we're always asking ourselves, what's most important for the story? So what matters about the story? And then characters in service of the story. Also, I mean, I think the, I'm sure you guys have talked about this many times, the the heart, the foundation of every single story, no matter the genre, is relationships. Relationships. 
relationships between characters. That's all that matters, ultimately. Everything else is set dressing. So how the other characters react to the children is equally important as what the children say and do. That's a really good point, uh, thinking about it. Like, that's another dynamic that changes your perspective. Asking what the stakes are, asking what are the relationships, how does the child view the relationships Mm -hmm. um, with those around them, which is going to be very different, but still very intense and important than the way I view relationships. Well, and those relationships, I I love what you said about that being the most important thing. Uh, To talk about my own middle grade series again, second one, Dragon Planet, I had this fantastic plot built of how he was going to go out and explore this brand new planet and there were dragons on it and all this stuff. And I'm like, this is still so boring. <laughs> why, why is this dragon book so boring? And then just added in, you know, the, the little character arc was that the little boy is trying to get his dad to think of him as a scientist. And all of a sudden, all the stakes were there because that relationship was in place. Yeah. Yeah. I, can, I mean, I can think of examples of stories where that do not have relationships, but all of the ones that I get really excited about, like the ones that I read for. And, but, and certainly, um, I think if you have characters on the page, that if they are not having relationships, there is a problem. Well, I mean, any relation, not, not romantic, yeah. but any kind no, no, of no. connection between other characters. Yeah, I, I just, I've, uh, there's, it's a total digression, but there's, I can, there's a story that I love that has uh, no characters on the page at all. Um, so, so I, I once in a while. Mm. Once can, in a while. Yeah. Once in a while you can do it. Any so. role can be broken. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but one of the, the things that I was, I was thinking about with the, uh, the honoring of the children is that um, what I've found is that when I try to remember like specific incidents from my own childhood, rather than uh, looking at the outside, you know, the children from an outside observer point of view, that it's often a lot easier for me to have them move through the world in a way that makes um, – uh, emotional sense. Yeah. Uh, there was something that, uh, someone said when they were, it was at an assembly, like, like a, an art exhibit opening and someone had brought their infant and the infant cried. And, you know, you could hear a couple of people in the audience make a, a dismissive sound, but the speaker said, I am so glad that you have brought your child because we have all been that child. We have all cried. And it was just like, yes, yes, we have all cried. <laughs> she's like, it's a good reminder that that everyone can enjoy art. And some of us have been the mom who yeah. desperately needs to get out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> Can't leave without the baby. So. Yes. <laughs> you, you know, Didn't you take twins on tour with you? I took my kids everywhere, yeah. And yeah. The twins specifically came when we shot when we shot um the movie Austin Land in England. So they were there for Seven weeks with me. On set. Well, you know. When they let you on the set. Within sound distance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're out of time on this episode. It's been awesome. Shannon, you're going to give us some homework. Yes. So we talked about how the stakes change when you've got a young protagonist. So find a storybook or a movie that is about adults and conceive of it as instead to be about a teenager or a child. And just write a paragraph about how that plot would change. What would, how would the heart of the story change if everything that happened in the book still happened, but it happened with and to a child? This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. 
If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like, do you want to do a one-on-one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus.